So hey everyone, uh, thank you again for tuning in into Doers Within Us. Uh, today's episode, we have a, an incredible, amazing guest uh, with us. Uh, his name is Bright Chinyodu. Um, he's the uh, CEO and founder of Sparkle. And um, I'm really excited to have him here because I met him in uh, while we're uh, at the Harvard Business School um, Africa Business Conference. Uh, I think 2020, right before the pandemic, and uh, we had uh, a great time. And I actually just met him once. Uh, he got into Harambians, which is a very exclusive um, um, African entrepreneurial platform, um, just highlighting and also a network of uh, highly competent but also transformative entrepreneurs on the African continent. And he just became part of that of that ecosystem. So. Um, kind of met him at the at a very pivotal time of his career. I'm, I'm assuming he has had some very other uh, transformative experiences as well. But he's just a great guy. Um, I, uh, I follow some of your work on social media and I see some of the work you're doing. So thank you so much for being here. Uh, and I think there's so much we can learn from you. So uh, welcome to the pod. Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot, Jacob. Thanks for having me. Awesome, awesome. So, uh, Bright, just uh, just to start, I, I think I would love to, and I think the listeners would also love to hear a little bit about yourself. So, can you just share with us, you know, what it's like growing up, um, um, and you know how you came to be who you are, um, kind of the early phases of your life. Um, okay, okay, uh, that's uh, that's that's a very literally a very very long story, but I'll try by all means to summarize it. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I grew up in Zambia. I was uh, born um, in a small town uh, in Zambia. And then, uh, yeah, and then we moved to the city, like the big city, uh, the capital city, later on uh, in my life. But my history, uh, part of um, my early education, I actually did it in one of the uh, provincial, so we've got um, so Lusaka in Zambia is the capital, the capital, so that's like the capital province, that's where the capital city is. But uh, my early education was done in Western province, um, the western side of Zambia, yeah. um, in a town called Mongu. So I was mostly government educated, not mostly, I think all my life I've gone to government schools, <laughs> so yeah, so I went up to seventh grade in that town and then what they used to do or what the government does is they pick um the kids with the best results then they send them to two schools there's one school one national school in the capital city in Osaka which is called David Kaunda and then there's another school which is in the capital the tourist capital called Livingston where the Victoria Falls is there's a school there called Hillcrest so they pick like the best pupils then they send them to these schools so I was one of the pupils that was sent to Livingston at Hillcrest. So of course. after that, exactly. So after that, I got a scholarship. The government sent me to Russia to start software engineering. So I spent about five years in Russia. Yeah, uh, that was, there was no war when I was in Russia. So <laughs> everything was calm then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Then after five years in Russia, I came back to Zambia and got a job with a Chinese company, Huawei. So I was their engineer. And then um, I got pushed by MTN. I worked a little bit for MTN. Then I went to Airtel. 
And then I resigned from Airtel, um, set up my first venture, Broadway. That was in 2013. Mm-hmm. Yes. So this was a bill payment system in Zambia. We then expanded a little bit to Mozambique. And uh, uh, after that, I think that's when you and I met. Sounds impressive i didn't know you studied in russia that's a that's yeah that's quite that's that's quite a story for another time (laughs) (laughs) sorry for another time time. (laughs) yeah thanks for sharing that so um i mean uh just going off of that so once you started uh broad pay like how what was the i mean and i know now you you run sparkle but can you just give us like the beginning of your entrepreneurial journey what was um how was it like you know what was your thought process and what really made you to start uh, a company? Okay. Okay. So for me, because right now everybody's talking about startups, everybody's talking about tech startups, VCs. Um, at that time, that wasn't the talk of the day. So being a startup founder was not a thing. <laughs> <laughs> what year was this? Exactly. That was, so I, I, I set up Broadband in 2012, but then in my country at that time, um, it was all I was doing. I wasn't, I didn't have a platform where I could learn about startups, for instance. All I was doing was, I want to start a company. Okay. So it's like, I want to start a company. And the first thing I did was, before even registering the company, was come up with a team of about 16 people. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, 16 people from my former employer, em, employers. I went to different departments, like guys I knew in different departments in marketing. Dude, you do marketing, right? Okay, so I'm starting a company. Do you think you can run marketing? And then when I look at it now, these were like first entry level guys in <laughs> in marketing, in accounting. They're also just under training. And I'm asking them to run departments in the company that I'm about to create. And they thought I was crazy. Yeah, I remember um, I set up a meeting. I went to a hotel and... Uh, I, I asked them to give us a section where we're going to have a meeting because I didn't have money to even pay for, for anything there. But then I talked to the manager and he said, yeah, yeah, sure, you guys can have it here. Because we're trying to meet a guy um, we thought we could partner with. Then it's not, it wasn't even about raising because I'm, I'm a tech guy. I didn't know anything about raising. All I, all I knew was I need a partner. That partner will put in money. Mm-hmm. So we called an older guy, he was uh, a businessman, like a well-known businessman, called him to the hotel, and we told him to set up this company, you know, and they asked, where are you, you guys, where are your offices? And we told him, we're here at the hotel because those offices are under renovations. You know, it was crazy. And uh, yeah, out of the 16 people, uh, I went back and forth trying to get money from different people, but everybody left me by the time I actually got investment in the company, which was shocking. I was, a, I was the only one remaining until I met this guy and he just told me, you know what, your, your ideas are crazy. And right now I'm not investing in this company setup. I'm investing in you because I like your energy. I like how you think. Yes. yes. Yeah, so put in the money. By that time, I had quit my job. My friends had left. Oh, they went back to their jobs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How long okay. did you, this, is a, this is a funny story I've heard. Yeah. <laughs> How long did it take for you to, like, for you to call in these people at the hotel to when you got the first, you met this guy who invested you? Like, what was the, 
What was the incubation it, period? How long did you? Yeah, take? it took about it took about a year. Wow. Okay. That's yeah. Not bad. Yeah. That's yeah. Not, that's not bad. But that, that's yeah, not bad. but but you see, like the first time you're telling people you're setting up this company and they're excited, like, oh, dude, you're <laughs> crazy. Let me see what you're gonna do. First meeting, you are sixteen of you. Everybody's, you know, talking about what what they're gonna do for the company, and then second meeting, the numbers reduced. Third meeting. You know, by tenth meeting or whatever, you're just the two of you. Yeah, that's so. Funny. Yeah, I mean, if let me ask a question, if I may. Um, when we found the investor, yes. sorry, yeah. By the time by the time we found the investor, it was me and my friend Ernest. Mm, mm, mm. And uh, with with Ernest, it was just that him. He's a risk guy, so he's by profession he's he, he's uh, he's an auditor. Mm, mm. So he's a risk guy. So even even when we got the money, he just told me, he said, right, okay, this is really great, but I can't leave my job right now because I don't know whether this will be sustainable or not. <laughs> and that's how he left me. He left me after we raised. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. But the, the good thing is, even though he left, he could still be consulted for free. So I'd still call him even in the middle of the night to help out. For free, and you still do it. <laughs> yeah, this is so funny. Um, so once you got the money raised, how did you now build a? a, a how do you hire new people? What, what was the next phase? Yeah. So, so uh, now the way the way the money came in was that uh, first the, the investor said, you know what. For now, I'm not going to give you cash. I want to see what you can do. So what I want you to do is um, hire your people. Yep. And then I'll be paying them salaries. I'll also be paying you a salary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Until you can prove yourself. So um, I just need you to hire the key people. Um, accounting, HR will be done by my company, by my guys. So whatever you need, you tell them they're going to do it. You... You hire the people you need right now, like the developers and stuff. So um, what I did was with the budget I was given um, in the beginning, I was only able to hire one person. So, <laughs> so I hired a developer and me and him did practically everything. Yeah. Yeah. So the operations, development, everything else. Yeah. That's, that's what we did. And then I think six months later, um, I just told him, you know what? Uh, this is not working for me. I need, <laughs> I need my own offices. I need my own people. I need to, to set up everything. Because then, within six months, I was getting different exposure. Like I was now on the ground, and I realized it was it was not as easy as it was on the on paper. Exactly. So with the experience that I was getting, I was now able to go back to him and and tell him, this is what I need. And yeah. even he could understand that. Okay, now he's learning. Yes. So that's how that's how I was able to to release the money and become independent. Man, this this is is quite funny, but it's it's it's, it's it went through a hard time. Uh, it's a difficult. Yeah. And I think for most of our listeners and just people who are trying to start businesses, you know, Zambia, Uganda, I mean, you know, there is this there's this period where you just it's just too much, right? And you have to really have this tenacity that. And just believe in yourself. It seems like you no, know, that's something that you really held on to. Um, so once you started, 
No, it sounds like you went back to him. You got the you got the you got the feedback from him. Did he give you the go ahead to get the office? Yeah, he did. He did, <laughs> and that's when we released the funds. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, but the thing is, I appreciate how how he treated me mm-hmm. because to him, I was just this this kid with a dream, and I wanted money from him, and treated me like I was his own son. You know, trying to get me through different experiences because. If I had been given money, 100%, I know this, like when, the moment I went there, I asked for money and gave it to me, would have blown it within six months. Mm, mm. For sure. Yeah. Mm. Because after learning, I realized that he knew what he was doing and uh, he's probably been through the same experiences. I would have blown that money within six months. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> just, just, I mean, for people out there who are trying to start businesses, like, how do you meet this guy? Was it just an acquaintance or was... So it's actually a funny story, yeah? Uh, I went from, <laughs> from, from from investor to investor. Guys were trying to dupe me. I remember um, I went to these guys and uh, made a full presentation. And the guys just later called me and said, uh, you know what, we are sorry, we can't invest in this. But... Um, our NDA doesn't really stick because there are certain clauses that allow us to go into the same venture. So we think we're going to start the same thing. And they told me straight in my face, I'm like, what? And so I'm, I'm, I, was trying, I was telling my landlord, I started narrating this story to my landlord, and this is what I'm going through. And then my landlord told me, <clears throat> yeah, so, so I was saying... Um, so after these guys told me that uh, they were going to go into the same venture and they couldn't invest in my startup, I was talking to my landlord about it. You know, it was funny because I was telling him, can you believe what I'm going through? <laughs> so he tells me, you know what? You, you always have brilliant ideas. I've got a brother. <laughs> yeah, I've got a brother. You should see him. I think he's going to invest in you. <laughs> but then my landlord, most of the time, um, my landlord was always drinking. So when we're having these conversations, most of the time I was drunk. So I never took him seriously. You know, so like two months later, you know, I was almost giving up. I'm like, ah, you know what? Let me try what he told me. So I called him like, your brother, can you give me your brother's number? Let me try to call him. So I called his brother. His brother told me, okay, you can come and see me. So I go and see his brother at his office. Yeah. And then, yeah, so we spent like, almost like four hours, you know, Wow. planning was driving me questions he called uh one of his consultants he came in listened to me yeah then he just told me come and see me tomorrow wow. i went there the following day and then he told me i i like the way you think i'm not going to invest in the idea but i'm investing in you because i know that even if it fails you still come up with something something else wow that's so- a- <laughs> Yeah, that's how I found this guy. Yeah, but now, like, after that, like, I've worked with him closely. He's, he's, he isn't just one of those guys who's going to give you money and forget about you. Uh, he's now, like, family, you know. His family and I are close. His children, his wife. So we are now, we're now, like, family. He's a great guy. That's amazing. That's incredible. I mean, guess the moral of the story is, like, you can, you should vent. You should tell us your problems, too. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Don't give it yourself. Yeah, yeah. I was venting. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. 
Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so so Brappe, and I know we'll have to talk about uh, Sparkle. Um, t- just. I mean, just tell us the transition from BroadPay to Sparkle, right? And just give okay. it. Yeah. So, so BroadPay is the bill payment system, okay, in Zambia, Mozambique. Um, BroadPay uses hardware. So the first thing we did was uh, we bought self-service machines uh, where people can pay their bills using cash. So these machines are installed in shopping malls and um in supermarkets. But then when you looked at the model, um, scaling was a problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we wanted to, to put the platform online um, in Mozambique, in Zambia, and then to scale across the continent. But payments became a problem because now we realized how do we accept payments from people? Mm-hmm. Uh, in Mozambique, it was even a non-starter. In Zambia, we went to banks to use our cards uh, on our platform to accept payments, but it was a big process. You know, one of the biggest banks uh, gave us this, like we had to go back and forth for a whole year. Mm-hmm. Uh, they came to our, our office, started taking pictures at our office. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like taking pictures, their due diligence, so, you know, I thought about it and then I was just like, you know what? Yeah. We, we I think this is the space because if we're going through this, mm-hmm. how many more people are going through these problems? We need to build our own payments platform. That's how Sparkle was born. That's, that's, that's incredible. Um, so, I mean, the, 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 so Brappe was like square. Were you like trying to get like a point of sale or... Well, well, can you just clarify how that was? Yeah, so BroadPay, yeah, exactly. So so, so BroadPay, what we're trying to do is just to build an, an app where you can, you can buy your airtime, pay for electricity bills, pay TV. But yeah. then the question is, how do you pay? Yeah. That's what the problem was. Got you, got you. Then Sparkle was born. Awesome. So uh, now Sparkle, uh, can you tell us, you know, how the venture is going uh, in terms of just... When uh, the people that um, uh, the partnerships you have probably built and um, um, kind of your aspiration uh, post post COVID, right, uh, in terms of scalability, but also uh, outreach to different um, different sectors, if I might say, um, as you're thinking about developing Sparkle. Okay, so um, Sparkle as an idea before you incorporated actually um started at the time i think when 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 i was building sparkle mm-hmm. i got into the e-founders fellowship the alibaba e-founders fellowship uh, where it's 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 a fellowship of african entrepreneurs that were under the mentorship of alibaba executives including jack ma himself yeah i saw and, you uh, on facebook with jack ma jack yeah, we went to China, you know, to, to meet with him. Then he came to Africa, we met with him in South Africa. Yeah, he's, he's just always trying to talk to us, you know, giving us insights on how he built Alibaba and stuff. Exactly. So that's when I realized, um, when I was there, first of all, one thing was made clear. Always focus on B2B businesses. They're better than B2C businesses. At least that was made clear at Alibaba. 
And then apart from that, when I met other guys, I realized to scale across the continent, you need partnerships, you know, with other founders in different countries. So at that time, when I was at Alibaba, I met with uh, um, GB, who's the current CEO of Flutterwave. Oh. And then, yeah, and then I was telling him what I'm trying to do. And he says, right, you know, uh, this is what I've already done in Nigeria. What you're building, mm-hmm. I've already done it. So how far have you gone? And I told him I've done integrations with the local service payment service providers in the country right now. He says, okay. Everything else I have, why don't we partner at this level? Um, let me expand to Zambia. So when I come, I just plug into what you've done, into your integrations. And, and then where you are, so while you are there, you've got a payments license. So yeah. we do that partnership. I don't have to get a payments license. Wherever I've got a license, you can come and we do the same thing. <clears throat> I also help you because mm. that's what these fellowships are about. That's what these networks are about. Like, that makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. That's how I had him come to Zambia and uh, they expanded to Zambia. So we, we, like, we had a lot of, we realized the need because a lot of small businesses, a lot of startups, tech startups, you know, just started signing up. We did a launch at one of the incubators in the country and the place was full. There were mm-hmm. a lot of people then. Yep. Yeah. Uh, but then uh, after we signed up people, there were a lot of problems because I think they also were going through their own problems. They were focusing so much on the Nigerian market because it was huge for them. Yep. This was, yeah, they were not paying a lot of attention to at least to the partnership because in, in as much as it was overwhelming for me, but then Nigeria had the a big population that the traction there for them was was too big so we're having all these problems and i i told him man let me just finish building sparkle mm-hmm. and then i finished building it and we incorporated and so we we launched and started competing with them mm. <laughs> <laughs> exactly exactly so that's uh that that's how we started and then again i realized that for a payment platform launching in zambia alone you know isn't enough because you have to look at africa as a market not zambia because zambia has this population of 18 million people and uh yeah so from there by the time you get to your actually uh target addressable market it's it's quite small got you got you yeah so uh uh-huh no go ahead please yeah, so that's how we decided to get into South Africa. And uh, yeah, that was another headache in terms of regulation. <laughs> exactly. Then, uh, yeah, now we're trying to to see what we can do in West Africa, in the biggest giant, Nigeria. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nigeria is a tough market um, from what I hear. Um, yeah. So just going to the challenges, if you can just name one or two main challenges, just... Um, building a company in Africa, um, I mean, that can sound broad, but like what has some of this, maybe, maybe building the payment platform as while you guys, after you guys launched, uh, maybe just share a little bit about the South African experience um, and what it was like. And, uh, first, and- first, okay, so first, um, for a payment platform, yes. I'm, going, I'm going to tell you one from the perspective of a payment platform and one from just a startup, gotcha. okay? Got you. 
So from a payment platform, it's always the regulation, the, the, the rules and the laws in these African countries are tough. Mm. Some of them are made specifically to, 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 to just make sure the, 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 barrier, the barrier is so stiff, the barrier to entry in the, in the space is so stiff. In, in South Africa, for example, you are going there with innovations that threaten the existence of banks. And yet, they tell you, you need a bank to sponsor you mm. for us. So basically, you are going to the authorities and they say, no, you need to come with the bank. And the bank has to say, yeah, we like what it's doing and we're partnering. Mm. How are you going to do that if banks are, are fighting you? Like in Zambia, when, you, when, when we started, we, we're being fought by banks. And I remember the time banks were fighting us, we're over a, ba- a bill payment system. You are fighting us over a bill payment system before we, we even go into the deep uh, fintech innovation. You get it? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. So, in, so that, that, that was the problem. And that's why a lot of um, payment, payment systems, like they've tried to get into South Africa, and it's been hard. Mm. Um, and um, yeah, and some of the African countries are just that way as well. Mm. Some of them, you don't even have to get a license. You just need a partnership with a bank, period. Mm. 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 Get it? So that's why the problem is. And then um, generally as, as, as a startup, especially tech startup, the biggest issue, at least from my experience, is the talent. Mm in Africa, mm. like the talent to build the platforms we're trying to build, that has been the biggest problem. And then you find that sometimes you, you get your own guys, you train them and you, you don't have the budget to keep them because after they're trained, that they're, they're just pushed by the big guys. Mm. They've got, yeah, they, they can afford it. So they just push them. Some of them now with remote working, they can work anywhere. They just apply for jobs in the US, they apply for jobs in Europe. Mm. That's the biggest problem we have. That's interesting. What do you think is the best way to solve this talent? Um, poaching and just talent training? I think, um, and what, I'm, what I've been trying to do on my side, the best way I can, yep. is um, really about communicating uh, the mission, the vision, and the impact that we're trying to create. Yep. So, it's, I know uh, a lot of people say sometimes money is not a motivator, but it is. But then, yeah, but then I try as much as I can to just communicate what impact you're trying to create and also just involve everyone in decision making and make everyone feel like they're part of what you're trying to build. They're not just there to, to clock in at uh, 8 p.m., I mean, 8 a.m. and leave at 5. Yeah, they're just that what they're doing has actually got an impact. So I've, I've even I've even had um, guys that have left, mm. and they end up calling. They wanna come back. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Which is it's exciting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We've um, we've had. I'm still trying to learn the Nigerian market because we've had a lot in Nigeria. A lot of guys who, even in the hiring process, just in the hiring process, you are talking to them. They're excited. And next, the guy is telling you, no, I've got a job in the UK. <laughs> Hiring in Nigeria has been hard, especially for developers. Yeah. That's, they're that's... always getting better offers. Oh, got you. 
Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, I think that mission and vision and just story to inspire people might, might go a long stretch. And, you know, I want to raise that significant amount of cash to, to invest in them. Perhaps they can stay. Um, yeah. But just a great story. Um, so just now going into kind of the, 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 the you know, the kind of the, the aspirational part, what, what, what is, how do you, you know, you've been an entrepreneur, I think, for quite some time. How do you maintain your sanity? That's that's a good one. That's a good one because it, this 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 can drive you crazy. This can drive you crazy. Yeah. Um. I I think, and this is something that that a lot ignore. Mm-hmm. There's uh, a lot of mental health issues among founders. And it's really ignored. So um, I only came to realize it later um, in my journey that, you know, sometimes just take some time off, you know, focus on family Mm -hmm. and get back to it. Because in the beginning, I was getting so much pressure. pressure. I thought I I was going to go crazy. I was getting pressure from my customers. I was getting pressure from my team. I was getting pressure from the investors, from, from the board. And for me, it was, you know, I was, I was learning the hard way. There was no one to tell me, you, you know, you can actually do this. You can actually put structures and tell people like, okay, this is when um, I'll be reporting. You know, we can be having board meetings where, where, where you hear about what you're doing exactly. When I was beginning, I used to have phone calls almost every day. Just uh, how are we doing? How are the sales? You know, I thought I was I was literally an employee because <laughs> I was being caught every day. How are the sales? Uh, are there any challenges? Is there anything good you've done today? I'm like, is that these are investors calling me, asking me this? You get it? I was I was I was going crazy. You know, um, I had reached a stage where I like we could have a conversation, right? You and I would have a conversation uh, during the day. In the evening, I'll be wondering, did I have a conversation with him or that was a dream? Was that today? You get it? Like, this was crazy when I realized I was going through this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So what I do now is like, sometimes I just take some time off, you know. Um, we've got, especially when I'm in Zambia, I love wildlife. So I can take like a day off two days. Um, I go fishing with my friends, you know, come back and start again. Yep. So sometimes it's okay to actually take a day or two off from all the pressure. That, that's, that's great advice. Um, yeah. Advice. Actually, you have some very good photogenic pictures on Facebook on your trips. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know who takes those pictures, but I need to find that person. Now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's very good. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. I think there is uh, there's an entrepreneur in Ghana, Sango Delhi. Um, okay. He he had a TED talk about mental health, um, and you know just like especially African men having mental health, and yeah. they don't tell anyone. You know, it's just like they're trying to they just try to suppress it. And, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So he was, was trying to call. He was making a call for help. He's an entrepreneur investor. Um, Based in, in okay, Canada. so it's quite it's it's nice. It kind of resonates. It looks like it's 
something that we need to pay attention to. Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah. So, mm. um, but thanks for sharing that. Uh, that was really helpful. Do you read any books, uh, books that you recommend or podcasts you listen to? Or um, so from yourself. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, it's weird. Um, like you, you driving from. So sometimes I, I, I like to drive from from Johannesburg to Lusaka, and uh, I take like a, a day because I have to to sleep in Botswana. Mm-hmm. and then the following day continue driving and people find it weird because they're like you drive alone because usually they think it's a road trip so i invite other people to join me and but what i do on these trips is i'll just listen to podcasts mm-hmm. uh, there's the flip africa um it's a great podcast it, uh, it's uh just talks about uh you, you know, like the space, um, like the, the guys, what, what the guys are doing on the continent and uh, the challenges and uh, just the history. I like listening to that, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, just some books when I have time. Because mm-hmm. I used to read a lot. I used to read a lot of books. That was a thing. But then now I've got like a pile of books. And every time I start, you know, you just never have the time to, to just like sit down and finish. That's why for me, the driving part, mm-hmm. really like when I'm listening, it's better because even like when I'm within, like when I'm in Lusaka, I can drive like for two hours uh, to some place and drive back just to do nothing, but I'm just listening to podcasts. Mm. That's, 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 a, that's a great idea. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to steal that because I think I'm gonna I'm gonna get a lot done um podcasting as well. Listen to a lot of podcasts. That's great insight. Um and yeah. so Flip Africa, right? I think that's something. So all our listeners, please check that out. It sounds like a yeah. great podcast to kind of listen to. Yeah, it's actually one uh, um it's actually one of the Harambians, I think, who's like co-producing. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he's like talking to a lot of guys on the continent. Yeah, yeah, it's, they've got really good networks. That's amazing. I definitely have to check that out. Um, through through your journey, um, as you and I know you're still there's a lot of great things ahead of you, and you're definitely gonna kind of build some really great companies. Uh, and I can tell just based on you on who you are and kind of your just your mind. Uh, what are some of the the advice you have received along the way uh, that has really guided you or perhaps given you uh, some uh, North Star, if I may say, uh, as you build Sparkle and just how you lead as a leader on your team? Yeah, say that again. So what has, what has been uh, any advice uh, that you have received that has really helped guide you on how you start a business or how you're building Sparkle, rather, and also how... You, you are a leader, uh, you know, uh, kind of leading your team on this vision that okay. you want to take over the Nigerian market. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I think what I've learned, the biggest thing that I've learned is uh, um, your geography uh, should not limit you. Mm. So do not localize your ideas just because, you know, you're born in Zambia, you're raised in Zambia, you have your startup in Zambia. Doesn't mean Zambia is a market. Mm. 
sometimes we, we even build startups too early for certain markets. Yeah, so always think of, you know, where, where exactly you can fit in. Uh, for me at the moment, I'm just looking at Africa and uh, yeah, once we are done, maybe we can look at uh, South America. <laughs> but for me, I'm always thinking of, okay, where do I fit in at what time? You know, it's not always like in the beginning, I could have just thought, you know what? Uh, Nigeria is the biggest market. I'm going to go to Nigeria, but I'm always looking at timing as well. At least that's something I've learned over the years. That, that's the advice I've, I've, I've gotten over the years. Yeah. That, 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 yeah. that makes sense. That makes sense. Um, so what, what advice will you give to other entrepreneurs, people that's coming into the, into the entrepreneurial landscape? Okay. Uh, <laughs> so. there's hello can you forget me yeah you. okay so my advice is my advice is there's no money guys <laughs> <laughs> if you are trying to get in to make money you know money comes after it's so I know this is like uh what everybody says about following your passion, you know, but even when you're trying to raise funding in the space, you know, investors look at you and say, uh, does this guy has a passion for what he's doing? I think, I think that's the first thing, like what you're doing, because you're going to get frustrated. If you get in and say, I'm getting in because I want to make money. You, you be, you be, you be in this space for years and years and years. There are, there are those that we call frustrated founders, You'll be one of them. You'll just be frustrated, you know. But if you love what you're doing, even, even, if, even if money is not coming, you're, you know, you love what you're doing, you're building your products, and you actually have impact, proper impact on people's lives. That's what matters. Then everything else just comes in. That's how you enjoy what you're doing. Otherwise, you'll be starting different startups. You started this one six months later. No, now I'm doing this. No, now I'm doing this because you're just trying to chase quick money. Yeah, that's... That is very insightful. I think that's that's um that's something that we need all need to learn as you know as people are having these valuations and companies are raising a lot of money, but you know, it's something they are not really into it. It's it's really hard to be consistent and stay in it. So exactly. um as someone like you who has really built some uh, building some, something great, it's great to hear that from you. So um, thanks so much for sharing. I mean to close, uh how do you see your like Sparkle having an impact, not just as a company, but like, you know, maybe building, uh, uh, you know, developing the continent. What is your vision of Sparkle um, creating an impact on Africa? And, and you mentioned that you, you want to scale to Latin America at some point. How do you, how do you envision that Sparkle to really, you know, create this impact in Africa? And what, how do you see it transforming the continent? Okay, so what, what I believe uh, right now is that, especially in the digital space, what's lacking is really the digital infrastructure in Africa. Um, in, in, the, in the West, um, a guy can wake up, decide to build an e-commerce platform, they plug into different APIs, and they are online the following day. It's not that simple in Africa. Mm. So what you're trying to do is actually to build 
a digital infrastructure for the continent. And when you're talking about digital infrastructure, especially in the, on the commerce side, you need the, the logistics platform guys, you need the payments guys, you need um, the e-commerce guys to actually come together and build this infrastructure. And what we are doing now is, we're, and whichever market we're getting into, we're actually, uh, we seek partnerships with different guys who are building different things. Because we believe that Africa is big. Yeah. If you're going to get up and say, I'm building, I want to develop Africa alone, it's impossible. Yep. Yeah, the, the, the only way to do it is through partnerships. Mm. So what we are doing is building a digital infrastructure. So we are trying to sort out the payment side. And even on the payment side, we're trying to partner with, the, with also other payment players mm. in different markets. And we're also looking at what the logistics guys are doing. And then we're plugging into their platforms, what the e-commerce guys are doing. And we're asking them to plug into our, into our payments platform so that we're just one big giant. Yes, 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 definitely. And just That's the impact of the create. Yeah. That's amazing. And just for you as a person, what do you want people to... Uh, yeah, I know you're a young guy. I'm, you just might sound like you're 80 years old. But, you know, you have done so much at a very short space in your life. Uh, and I know you're going to do some really great things in the next 10, 20, 30 years. Well, how, do you want, how do you want people to see you as an entrepreneur, but also as an African, as you're thinking of really scaling and developing with this enterprise? And maybe you'll get into other ones. Um, how do you want people to really see when they meet you or even as they listen to this podcast? What, what, what's the takeaway that you want people to get out of it? Like who is bright and what is bright? Um, um, I want them to just look at me as an African who's trying to um, do something for the continent. I'm, I'm an African first before, before anything else. Mm. So even when I say, um, later I want to look at South America really the reason is I'm looking at um, places like Brazil and the size, the market size um, the reason is you see we can't always I, I see like companies coming out of the US, out of Europe and getting into Africa and as Africans we sit down and complain and say these guys are coming, they're they're building this on our continent. Uh, these companies are foreign-owned. Those are foreign-owned. So I've challenged myself. I've told myself, okay, fine. Why can't we be those guys? Mm. You know, why can't someone in Brazil and say, that company, you know, that giant, it's African-owned. It's African owned. It's not a local company. Mm-hmm. That's the narrative I'm trying to create. Like, we can go out there and also just make money, bring it back onto the continent and develop the continent. Yeah. So I'm trying to get out of the box, the African box and say, we can even come to the US, we can come to Boston, you know, and eat your lunch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man, no, this, this is really inspiring. Uh, Brian, thank you so much for waking up so early um, to be a part of this podcast. I I genuinely believe that people are going to listen to this and be inspired by just your story and just, and just how funny you are. <laughs> Thanks, Jacob. Thanks, really, but, um, yeah, Such a great guy. And, and you know, um, I'm looking forward to seeing how you continue to build Sparkle and just how you're going to continue to 
transform the continent and you know um, really as you said at the end you know how do you um, build something that other people will really value the quality of it will be high so so much so that if you get into another continent it will be like you no know, good quality not necessarily it's an african product but it's good quality as well uh, that can compete yeah yeah exactly so um thank you so much bright and uh, I, I can't wait to see what you're going to do next and uh, um, within the space that you're building. But I'd uh, yeah. love to have you again um, as you continue to grow. So thank you so much. Thanks a lot, Jacob. Yes. Um, so our listeners, Bright again, um, uh, Sparkle, founder of Sparkle and based in Zambia. And um, we have all the links uh, in the description box. And um, I'm looking forward to hearing your feedback on this episode as well. So thanks again for listening. And bye for now.